Hello and welcome to Sunday Politics. I'm Deb Gordils, your host on this uh, Sunday broadcast. I think one of the things that I want to start this uh, new program with is motivation. What motivates people to become political? And, you know, I was watching a special that PBS has just put out on how Trump is to uh, be blamed for some kind of movement that is anti-establishment, a movement that questions politics as usual, or the business of politics as usual. I personally believe that it's not about Donald Trump, although he does reach the masses instantly invoking that God is involved in what motivates him and and what is right and the number one force behind what he does or says. And this is something very true. I mean, when we think about it, ideology, you know, your faith and what you believe in is more powerful than any one person or anybody say about it. It's what moved the pilgrims to spend months on the ocean to come to a new world where they could serve God freely. It's it's one ideology, knowing God and feeling motivated by God and God is God's word is what made the American what less than three hundred of them fight against an army of eight thousand because they felt that God was with them. They believed that this is what God intended. And they understood that God was the creator, that as the creator who believes that all men are created equally under God. The, this this is what, what moved them to feel that they should not be ruled by a king, but by God's word itself. It's, it's what got Moses to come up against the Egyptian pharaoh with a, with a stick and weak slaves um, that were in bondage and start walking across a desert that was going to take him 40 days to... To cross, not knowing what was going to happen. I mean, the odds are against you, but you're going to keep going. Believe in God and something that hopefully one day they will come to understand. But it, it is powerful. It is huge. It allows people to stand up for little guys and stand up for what they believe is right. That they believe comes from God's words and God's teachings and and this notion of doing the right thing. Look at Roe versus Wade. Do you think everybody who was advocating against abortion was doing it simply because they had nothing else to do? And even though they were at the age that was past capability of ever becoming pregnant, to ever have it become an issue, still wanted to try to save the unborn because God created them and God is the author of life. And Roe versus Wade has been overturned, although a lot of people thought, that that might never happen. A lot of people did. Was that a political act, political action, motivated by something religious? Yeah, of course. I mean, Roe versus Wade was decided to be overturned by the Supreme Court. You had to get political to get that to change. And I think it's the reason why so many people in America have now become political to maintain the America they know the one nation under God that they believe in. And so you can't blame Republicans for this. You can't blame pro-life Democrats for this, political parties for this. You definitely can't blame Trump. I mean, I I just can't get over the fact that, I, that people want to minimize 
minimize the power of, of this ideology. It's really rooted in faith and motivated by God's words, biblical words, and this knowledge that we were created to serve God, not to serve a political party or to serve any kind of group that may be against God's beliefs and God's words. This is where this battle on the political stage is taking place. It really is today and always has been between those who look at an issue from a godly moral perspective and those who do not. I think we could take every single law. I think we could look at a lot of what's happening in society and, and right there decide, is this something God would approve of or not approve of? I mean, Christians have this whole saying, what would Jesus do? I think some of the more bracelets that say WWJD as a reminder. It's always been a reminder for us as America. And as we get older and the reality that we will meet our creator soon as we're aging, we become closer to those causes. And you have a lot of young people and a lot of young organizations who are rooted in faith, Christianity, take those things seriously. I personally didn't have my conversion until I was over 30. I can only speak for me, but I know what motivates me is my faith. I don't know that I would have been motivated by faith under the age of 33. I look at some of the wild activities I was out and about doing when I was a youngin, and um, I didn't know God at that point. So I just knew what our wonderful society was, our secular society was saying was okay and kind of running with that. And, um, you know, you got to own your youth. But, you know, I came to a point where I was just like, okay, this is crazy. I've I've maxed out. I've maxed out on going to school. They say if you go to school and you get a good education. And at that point, I was done with graduate school and law school, which I didn't finish. Two bachelor's degrees. And I thought, okay, so all this education has not given me the kind of fulfillment I thought I would get. They said money. Money was going to, you know, give you fulfillment. And I started with a really great job. And I was single and had money. I had a boat. I drove an Audi. I would go out on my boat all the time. I would buy Mark Shale skirts and my shoes all matched my suits for work. And I was making really good money at a young age. And uh, I worked at City Hall and I was an administrator. I just didn't find the fulfillment in the job. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, here I am, 31 years old, 32. And I feel like I maxed out on school. I maxed out on jobs. I maxed out on income activities. I mean, I did so much traveling and, you know, surfboarding in Hawaii. I mean, you name it. I, I traveled like 40 of the states. I was, I lived a great life, achieved the American dream. And I was like, okay, now what? I thought you got to feel fulfilled somehow. If it's not, in, you know, with, with other people, with other money, with material things, then, then what is it? And I turned to trying to figure out what is this thing they call Jesus, this thing they call Christianity, this thing I've heard of so many people talk about and have, say they found everything thing and got the answers. And I had to approach it in a scholarly way because I didn't know how else to approach it. You know, my, although I went to Catholic schools when I was little and we'd go to church on what, Easter and Christmas Eve, 
Uh, we were all baptized. We all made our communion, and we made confirmation. So we had received all the sacraments. I had never married, so I didn't go through that sacrament. But I just thought, there's got to be more. And I really just wept about it. And I just said, I got to go and, and find out what this Jesus thing is all about. I rented, I remember it was a weekend. My phone was going off the hook. Everybody was calling. Where's the party? Because I usually was the life of the party. I loved it and had fun and enjoyed my friends and being out. And I said, no, I'm staying in this weekend. I'm watching movies. And they're like, what do you mean you're staying in? I'm like, I know I never stay in, but I'm staying in this weekend. And I remember going into this place they called Blockbuster Videos. They don't have these places anymore that I know of, but Blockbuster used to be a place where you could go buy videos. And I went in there and I said, give me every video that you have on the life of Jesus Christ. So, of course, they gave me the King of Kings. They gave me Jesus of Nazareth. Gosh, right off the top of my head, I can't think of all of them, but they were all movies based on the life of Christ. And I sat down, ordered a pizza, got a bunch of snacks and sodas, and I sat there and I watched them. For the for three days straight, all I did was watch these movies on the life of Christ. And it hit me. It hit me that this Jesus, I never knew he did everything that he did. And his words really hit home. Peter's words really hit home. His unconditional love of Christ and Christ's unconditional love of all of us and the message and I was hooked after that I mean I had a conversion during that weekend and I couldn't get enough of learning more about Christ and his love for us his love for me that love motivated me to search for more and more information and get closer and closer to knowing him and to knowing more about his life. And that led me to so many other notions about direction and guidance. Not that life became perfect or easier. It didn't do that for me, but I no longer felt lonely. I no longer felt unfulfilled. I I felt a complete fulfillment in, in this newfound faith. And I wanted more of it. Like, I couldn't get enough of it. And this was back almost three decades ago. And I still long for Christ, things of Christ, uh, things of the church, things from heaven. Still make the connections. And clearly see now God's role in my life. My role as a person who tries to live their life the way Christ would want them to. Trust me, that has not been easy. It's a huge challenge. You fall off the tracks often. But you got to get back up. You just got to keep moving forward. Knowing that we are not Christ, no matter how Christ-like we want to be, we are sinners. We're going to sin. We're going to make mistakes. But God already knows that. And he loves us anyway. And he wants us to, to feel remorseful about those things and come back in a relationship with him. Just like when we are really sorry when we hurt people we love. So motivation from faithful people wins the day every time. They are fearless. People who know Christ, who love God, are fearless in defending the church or God or or anything else. That doesn't mean that we're not going to be like Peter and deny him three times. But knowing that if we deny him once, twice, three times, I'm sure even four times, he's there for us. And we come back and we bounce back and, and we, we work at this through our relationship and our faith with God. So I'd appreciate it if those of you who know God 
might join in 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 continuing to spread the word. This is not a Trump motivated um, time that we are in politically right now. That this is a time between good and evil. This is a time between those who love God and know that this is one nation under God versus those people who are trying to remove prayer, remove the words one nation under God, and remove God altogether from the political landscape, from America, from the nation, from laws, from the Constitution, and it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen because we also know that God will always prevail and will always win. So that's your Sunday politics. I'm Deb Gordills. You have a great rest of your day, and um, next Sunday I'll have a new episode for you. Take care. Bye.